Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. to another week of Elvis Lives, a conspiracy theory podcast, and another time travel episode. What? No way! It's time travel month. Still? Yeah. Wow. Who would have thought? I know. The whole month. You time gotta. travel. You gotta, you gotta, you gotta. These are my favourite conspiracy theories. I, I know. I reckon we could probably do another time travel month oh. next year. Yeah. We could do it every second month is time travel month, <laughs> I think, and it would be still not enough. Well, um, we've looked at probably the most... Uh, thorough story of a time traveler mm. so um we, last week we took a look at andrew basiago mm-hmm. well no week before we took a look at andrew basiago um but today i'm going to take you through some of maybe the lesser known time travelers okay okay mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so i'm going to start with michael mcintosh michael mcintosh michael mcintosh uh, old mate Mikey believes he has seen a future timeline where he is the US Commander-in-Chief. Sure. Yeah. Revealing the bizarre news in a video, the time traveller claimed he has been to Mars at the age of five and has rumoured uh, sorry, and has numerous psychic abilities. The supposed time traveller worked alongside former US President Barack Obama on a top secret time travel operation. Mm-hmm. Seeking, uh, speaking to paranormal investigators on YouTube channel Apex TV, Macintosh said that the mission gave him access to technology dubbed Chronovision. Okay. So if you, Chronovision, if you remember our Andrew Basiago episode, mm. we also spoke about Chronovision and also spoke about the trip to Mars yes. with President Barack Obama, or former US President um, Barack Obama. Maybe good old Michael McIntosh heard that story. Or not. Or not. <laughs> Who knows? Um, in, I mean, I kind of like to think that President Barack Obama is a time traveller. Absolutely. It makes me happy. He can do most things and I'll be okay with it. Yeah. Include being president again. He could be Prime Minister of Australia and I would be fine with it. I'm also fine with that. Like, I know he's not allowed to. Yeah, but like... Like, But I will allow it. We've had a new president every three seconds for the last few years. Prime Minister, yes. Yeah, why not? Um, I mean, again, Jacinta Ardern, also fine with it. Yeah, they can job share. If she... Yes! I would be all about just like part-time Prime Ministers. Yeah. Day on, day off kind of gig or like three days on and then they two days on, they swap. I think that's great, guys. Get with it. Yeah, we've got it sorted. (laughs) But yes, that's pretty much it for Michael, for Mikey. Okay, um, Mikey McIntosh. Oh, mate, who does have quite a a hefty little summary is Rudolph Fence. Rudolph! Rudolph, I know. It's still a name. Fence. Fence with an F. F-E-N-T-Z. The fence legend describes (laughs) how one evening in mid-June 1951, at about 11.15 p.m., passers-by at the New York City Times Square noticed a man of about 20 years of age dressed in the fashion of the late 19th century. 
No one observed how he arrived there and he was disorientated and confused, standing in the middle of an intersection. He was hit by a taxi and fatally injured before people were able to intervene. Whoa. The officials at the morgue searched his body and found the following items in his pockets. A copper token for a beer worth five cents, bearing the name of a saloon which was unknown even to the older residents of the area. A bill for the care of a horse and the washing of a carriage drawn by a livery stable on Lexington Avenue that was not listed in any address book. About $70 in old banknotes. Oh boy, high high roller. (laughs) Business cards with the name Rudolph Fence and an address on Fifth Avenue. We've had Fifth Avenue before as well. Um, A letter sent to this address in June 1876 from Philadelphia. A medal for coming third in a three-legged race. I think that's my favourite thing in his (laughs) pockets. I like to think that he carries that around me like, I came third that one time. Pretty big pocket. I'm so proud of me. Maybe he's wearing cargo pants. Like ye olde 19th century (laughs) cargo pants. Maybe. That sounds legit. (laughs) Yeah. Um, None of these objects showed any signs of ageing. And Captain Hubert V. Hrim. Yeah. I'm going to say I said that right. Okay. Of the missing persons department of NYPD tried using this information to identify the man. He found that the address on on Fifth Avenue was part of a business. Its current owner did not know Rudolph Fence and Fence's name was not listed in the address book. His fingerprints were not recorded anywhere and no one had reported him missing. Hrim continued investigation the investigation and finally found a Rudolph Fence Jr. in a telephone book from 1933. No. 39, Julie. (laughs) Can't read. (laughs) Rim spoke to the residents of the apartment building and at at the listed address and to see if anyone who remembered Fence and described him as a man about 60 years who worked nearby. After his retirement, he had moved to an unknown location in 1940. Contacting the bank, Rim was told that Fence had died five years before, but his widow was still alive, but in Florida. Rim contacted her and learned that her husband's father, Rudolf Fence, Mm -mm. had disappeared in 1876, aged 29. He had left the house for an evening walk and never returned. All efforts to locate him were in vain and no trace of him remained. Captain Rim checked the missing persons files on Rudolf Fence in uh, 1876 and the description of his uh, appearance, age and clothing corresponded precisely to the appearance of the unidentified dead man from Times Square. What? The case is still marked as unsolved and uh, fearing he would be held mentally incompetent, Rim never noted the results of the investigation in his official files. That's crazy. Amazing. Crazy, amazing, and sad. Sad. A family in the 1890s thought that their person just, just disappeared, vanished. Turns out he just did a quickie uh, time travel to another to another time, completely new time. Um, let's take a teeny tiny break, and then I'll jump into John Titor. I'm not sure if it's John Tidehor or John Tittle. <laughs> okay. You choose one. Tittle is fun. You would choose that one. I, why did I even <laughs> ask? I should have known. I should have known. John Tidehor. 
Sounds weird. Is a name that could be found on several bulletin boards during 2000 and 2001 by a person claiming to be an American military time traveller from 2036. Wow. Also a bit wow that we're not that far away from that now. Tyler described his time machine on several occasions in an early post. Uh, He described it as a stationary mass temporal displacement unit powered by two topspin dual positive singularities producing a standard offset tipular sinusoid. Sinusoid. Did you say sinusoid? Yes. Like the nose? Yes. His earliest post was thorough, saying that his time machine contained the following. He likes to chat about his time machine (laughs) a lot, just FYI. Uh, two magnetic housing units for the dual micro-singularities, an electronic injection manifold to alter mass and gravity of the micro-singularities, a cooling and x-ray venting system, gravity sensors or a variable gravity lock, four main cesium clocks, three main computer units. And according to the post, the device was installed in the rear of a 1967 Chevrolet Corvette convertible and later mentioned a 1987 truck having four-wheel drive. Interesting. So just a normal car, very um I'm getting strong, like really strong back to the future vibes. Yes. <laughs> Me too. Um although invoking the many world interpret world's interpretations of quantum mechanics whereby the events from his timeline may differ from our own, Tyler also expressed assurance that the differences were minimal. As such, his descriptions have been interpreted as predictions and compared with historical events since 2001. The most immediate of Tyler's predictions were of an upcoming civil war in the United States having to do with order and rights. He described it as the beginning as beginning in 2004 with civil unrest surrounding the presidential election of that year. The civil conflict that he characterized as having a Waco type effect uh, sorry a Waco type event every month that steadily gets worse would be pretty much at everyone's doorstep and erupt by 2008. As a result of the war, the United States was split into five regions based on various factors and differing military objectives. The Civil War, according to Tyler, would end in 2015 with a brief but intense World War III. Whoa. So far? Meh. Not entirely wrong. Mm. Not right either. Meh. Tyler refers to the exchange as N-Day. Washington, D.C. and Jacksonville, Florida. I'm sorry, I've been watching a lot of The Good Place. And Jacksonville, Jacksonville, Florida just like triggers. Jacksonville, Florida. (laughs) Specifically mentioned as being hit. After the war, Ohama, Nebraska. Ohama? Omaha. Omaha. That's my dyslexia kicking in, even though I didn't have it. Omaha, Nebraska would be the new U.S. capital. (laughs) Tyler was was vague to the exact motivations and causes of World War III. At one point, he characterised the hostilities as being led by border clashes and overpopulation. He also pointed to the contemporary conflict between uh, Arabs and Israel as not a cause, but rather a milestone that precedes a hypothetical World War III. Oh, boy. A lot. Tad is a lot. Tad claimed that as a thirteen-year-old in two thousand and wait, claimed that as a thirteen-year-old in two thousand and eleven, he joined the Fighting Diamondbacks, a shotgun infantry unit in Florida, for at least four years. In other posts, he describes himself as hiding from the war. 
Tata claimed that the Everett Wheeler model of quantum physics, better known as the many worlds interpretation, was correct. According to Tata, this caused a new time stream to form because of his time travel. This gives his predictions the ability to stand up to scrutiny when they fail to pass, since <laughs> believers can say that the events were averted by Tata's postings. <laughs> Good one, Tata. <laughs> Tata made numerous vague and sometimes very specific predictions regarding major events in 2004 and beyond, none of which came true. A closer examination of Tata's claims provoked widespread scepticism and inconsistencies in his explanations and the consistent inaccuracy of his predictions and a private investigator's findings all led to the general impression that the entire episode was an elaborate hoax. What? Shocking! A 2009 investigation concluded that Tata was likely the creation of Larry Harbour, a Florida entertainment lawyer, along with his brother Maury, a computer scientist. Maury. Maury. Ah, Maury. <laughs> Don't be playing on that interwebs too long, Maury. <laughs> uh, oh, boy. Okay. Bob White and Tim Jones. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Bob White mm-hmm. or Tim Jones, mm-hmm. one of the two, sent spam emails to random internet users between 2001 and 2003. The subjects of the emails read that an individual was seeking to find someone who could supply a dimensional warp generator. Sure. In some instances, he claimed to be a time traveller stuck in 2003, and in others, he claimed to be seeking the parts only from other time travellers. Many recipients began to respond in kind, claiming to have equipment such as the requested dimensional warp generator. And one recipient, Dave Hill, set up an online shop from which the time travel purchased the warp generator, formerly a hard drive motor. Right. <laughs> While another Dave charged thousands of dollars for time travel courses before he would sell the requested hardware. Genius. <laughs> <laughs> the name Bob White was taken from an alias that the second Dave used when responding soon afterward. <laughs> the time traveller was identified as a professional spammer, Robert J. Todino, known as Robbie. Todino's attempt to time to travel in time were a serious belief and while he believed he was perfectly mentally stable <laughs> his father was concerned that those replying to his mails had been preying on Tadino's psychological problems Why? so Tadino's like yeah I'm good 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 dad's like no 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 you're not <laughs> in his book Spam Kings journalist Brian S. McWilliams who had originally uncovered Tadino's identity for Wired magazine revealed that Tadino had previously been diagnosed with disassociative disorder and schizophrenia explaining mm-hmm. that the psychological problems his father had spoken of yikes debunked yeah sorry guys but also maybe not <laughs> why Julie why I don't know been both uh, dissociative disorder, dissociative identity disorder, and schizophrenia would be great markers to put on someone claiming to be a time traveler who could very That's well be a time traveler. That's true. That's true. That's <laughs> true. <laughs> Paul Dinach or Dinach, I don't know. I'm gonna say Dinach. In 1921, Paul Amadeus Dinach, a Swiss-Austrian teacher, fell into a coma for a year. Whoa. When he woke up, he began writing a diary that kept that he kept secret until he contracted one contacted not contracted <laughs> contacted one of his students, Georgius Pap. Uh, You've got this. I know. What have I done to myself? Georgius, no Georgius, 
Papachatis or Khatis? Papachatis, let's say that. That sounds like it could belong. Uh, sorry, everyone, I just offended. To translate it and keep it secret. In his writings, he claimed to have awakened in the body of a man, Andrew Northman, in the year 30... Well, in the year 3906 AD. According to the author, when he awake, awakened in the future, people realised that it was not Northman and told him the events during the future period. Confusing. In short, guy wakes up in... Somebody else's body. Somebody else's body in the very, very, very far future. And they know that it's not him. They're like, what are you doing in this body? Uh, Andrew... What you doing? This is what you need to know. Also, why are you now Swiss Austrian? <laughs> <laughs> kind of cool. I reckon, yeah. maybe. Or maybe like a weird fever dream. Yeah, I'm thinking maybe he had a dream. I'm okay with both of those things. Yeah, maybe I had a dream. A fun fever dream though. And lastly, Andrew Carlson. Andrew Carlson? Yep. Yep. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just got a double S. It threw me for a oh, second. Oh, okay. Andrew Carlson. Andrew Carlson was supposedly arrested in March 2003 for SEC violations for make ma- yeah, making 126 high-risk stock trades and being successful on every one. Whoa, good on you. Mm-hmm. As reported, Carlson started with an initial investment of $800 and ended with over $350 million. <gasps> Which drew the attention of the SEC. <laughs> what? No. <laughs> Can you imagine? Wow. Uh, huh. Interesting. Hmm. He's really been doing his research. <laughs> I think he should probably teach economics. <laughs> nah. Later, report. Sorry. Later reports suggested that after his arrest, he submitted a four-hour confession wherein he claimed to be a time traveler from two hundred years in the future. He offered to tell investigators such things as the whereabouts of Osama bin Laden and the cure for AIDS in return for a lesser punishment and to be allowed to return to his time craft, although he refused to tell investigators the location or workings of his craft. A mysterious man posted his bail and Carlson was set scheduled for court uh, sorry, scheduled for a court hearing but was never seen again. Records show that he never existed Whoa. the carlson story likely originated as a fictional piece okay in the weekly world news a satirical newspaper and was later repeated by yahoo news was later repeated by yahoo news where its fictitious nature became less apparent. It was soon reported by other newspapers and magazines as fact. This, in turn, drove word of mouth spread through email inboxes and internet forums, leading to a far more detailed description of the events. Um, well, I know Weekly World News from Batboy. Yeah. <laughs> That's how I know how that was a thing. Was Batboy ever, like, pushed into mainstream media as real? No, I don't think so. No, just became a musical. But also, like, if you read something, they're like, everyone's... People want to believe in time travel. People don't want to believe in half-human, half-bat I mean, we're close, right? You know? (laughs) We're getting there. Um, Also, special mention to Matt Groening, 
who oh. may genuinely be a time traveller. The Simpsons predict a lot of things, guys. Yeah, which we have covered before. So pop on over to our Simpsons episode if you want to hear a little bit more about that. But that's, I mean, that's a fair chunk of people. It's a lot of people. Who say, guess what, guys? I did it. I'm a time traveller. I'm a time traveller. Yeah, I love time. I love, I want to believe in time travel. Me too. So I love but these it's theories. the hard thing is, is like it's still when people come to you and say you, they are a time traveling, like meh. Are you though? Are you though? And I believe you. You're full of poo. <laughs> Maybe not full. Everyone's technically full. You chose poo over all of the other words. Are you feeling okay? Which word would you use? Poo. Yeah, <laughs> funny that. <laughs> anyway, if you want to tell us that we're full of poo, you know where to find us. We're you do. on Facebook and Instagram at Elvis's Podcast. We have at Elvis's Podcast. No, we have Elvis's Podcast at gmail.com yeah. for all your Imalio needs. And as always, rate, review, subscribe. Do as you will. Yeah. Thanks, guys. Thanks, guys. Thanks for being here. It's been a while. One more time travel theory One to more go. to go. I assume. I haven't checked how many months there is in November. <laughs> <laughs> Bye. 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 Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Mm.